Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, Marvin. How are you? I'm getting there. Uh, I know you're excited. I know you, uh, you're excited because the musky bite's been heating up in your neck of the woods. It has been, yeah. Um, and, and just, you know, we've been, we've been getting a few to eat. It's been pretty, it seems like slow getting going just because we've had, you know, low, clear water for so long. And it still is, I mean, it's really low and clear right now, um, which, you know, just kind of, you think about, you know, sort of your typical predatory fish um, circumstances, you know, higher water with a little less visibility, you know, what most people are looking for to streamer fish in, you know, that, that helps with musky fishing just because, you know, it seems like it gives them a little bit more of a, of a uh, confidence as a predator to, to eat and be out in the open. So we're supposed to get some rain here. Uh, I think Friday and Saturday, um, nothing too crazy, but maybe a half to an inch of rain. So hopefully that'll kind of kick things into gear a little more for us. Well, that's great. And how's the trout bite? Uh, trout fishing has been good. You know, it, the creeks have been low there too, but, um, you know, we're, we've been catching plenty of fish. I mean, I was out today and caught a bunch, just, uh, you know, nymphing primarily what we're leaning on this time of year throughout the throughout the fall and winter you know we get some blue wing hatches and we get some uh on the south fork the holston here we get a blue quill hatch later in the winter time which can be um kind of cool but you know i lean really heavily on stoneflies and worms and midges and stuff like that this time of year and then some sort of you know the suggestive stuff that you're always throwing like frenchies and doesn't tell them hairs ears and that kind of thing but um i i've been been leaning a little more on uh, you know certain rivers around here fish really well with an indicator just because of the structure of the river and how the the pools and runs are laid out but um, i've been leaning pretty heavily on just tight line nymphing here lately just because i have a little more confidence in it when things are low because you're not you know splatting something down on the water um then things like yarn indicators and stuff like that are a little more stealthy too so um that's what i've been doing the last couple weeks sounds like a lot of fun can you help our listeners understand you know when you say there's some water that's good for indicator fishing what that means yeah yeah it's a good question so um you know obviously you can you can the, the two main ways that high nymph and I think most people do is um either high sticking you know you can get technical and and fish you know euro style like some people do um they can fish some sort of you know on the water indicator um and I grew up you know outside of Shenandoah National Park mostly fishing brook trout you know where you have these high gradient streams with small pockets and short drifts and and that kind of water really is good for it's not the best for indicator fishing just because um you're usually going to get get your your takes pretty quickly after uh your flies hit the hit the pocket and sort of you know just the nature of indicators if you toss you know your flies with an indicator into the water you're not going to see the strike in the indicator until your fly is tight um, with your indicator. So if 
if you're uh, fishing really short drifts and sort of turbulent small pockets, you know, um, indicators aren't, in my opinion, the, the best way to go. Um, but some of the creeks down here, you know, they have these long, glidey um, runs that maybe they start as a shallow riffle and then they drop off a couple feet and, you know, go another 100 feet down river before they tail out and then dump into the next piece. Um, and they have a fairly consistent depth and not a super fast flow. So, you know, you can fish an indicator which allows you to suspend your flies from a distance and get a longer drift, keeping those flies in the strike zone for longer versus, you know, if you were trying to tight line them, you're suspending your flies with your rod tip. So, um, you need to, your drifts are going to be a lot shorter and you're going to need to be a lot closer to the fish. And, you know, so in, in that kind of a situation, I find indicators to be a little more useful, but, um, that uh, that's just my personal preference. You can do it either way, but um, you know, again, when when the water gets real low, I tend to I tend to avoid fishing indicators and kind of just try to be real stealthy and uh, and fish closer to me and and avoid putting anything on the water like that other than my flies. Yeah, no, I hear exactly what you're saying, and you know, when in doubt, you can always go the New Zealand yarn route too. Yeah, yeah, that. Um, the uh, Pat Dorsey method with the dental bands and the the uh, macrame yarn works real well too. But uh, and you can make uh, you know the New Zealand ones too. I believe you can make them as small and tight as you as you want to. And they're all pretty uh, have a very small footprint on the water. Absolutely, and you know, folks, if you have a question for Matt, if you'll send it to us on the Articulate Fly Facebook page and we use it, I'll send you some Articulate Fly swag, and you'll get entered in a drawing for uh, some Matt Riley flies and some coupons for some Riley rods. Uh, what are you working on writing this week for the Rural Virginian, Matt? So coming out tomorrow, I've got an article that uh, is just sort of like an essay type story that I wrote um, about. Basically how, you know, my, uh, my girlfriend fishes with me and she, uh, seems to be able to make things happen when, when they shouldn't. So basically it's about how, you know, you shouldn't make any rules in fishing. You should never say never. Um, because this time last year we were out on a, on a local Creek and I was shooting some photos for a gear review, um, for rock treads, which is a, like a boot stud system that's actually it's a company that was founded in Bristol, Virginia. So it's a local company, but um, I didn't bring a net or anything with me. We just went down and I was trying to stage some, some shots and uh, she wanted to fish a fly that was broken and I would have thrown it away. But uh, on like the third or fourth cast, she caught a 19 inch wild brown trout that I never saw coming. So it's just kind of a, kind of a funny story that I put together, but that'll come out, um, today or tomorrow. And I'm trying to be better about putting those on my website. I've gotten kind of, uh, lax about that, but, um, I guess you've been finding them somewhere, but they, uh, occasionally pop up on the rural Virginian website. Yeah, I just search them there and, you know, sometimes they're hard to find. So I try to get the links and drop them in the show notes for you. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty decent about uh, getting them up on the website, but not everyone makes makes it up there. So no worries if you can't find. Them. 
Absolutely. And um, before I let you hop, why don't you let folks know where they can find you so they can go chase muskie with you, with you this winter? Yeah. Uh, the website is com, and all my contact info is on there. So however you feel uh, most comfortable reaching out, uh, look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, folks, you should get out and, you know, sneak a day in before Thanksgiving and maybe you can go sneak a day in after Thanksgiving too. Tight lines, everybody. <laughs> Tight lines, Matt. Tight lines, Marvin. Thank you.